Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Lion's Edge Holiday Edition. Lion's Edge by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chase Kitty. Not a great week. Let's uh, acknowledge that right out of the gate. This is a full disclosure podcast. We've had a lot of really good weeks here. Last week kind of sucked. And just to pull the curtain back a little bit here, you know, I do a lot of my handicapping early and midweek. I I do a lot of media early in the week. I do other people's podcasts. I do radio shows. I'll do little social media breakout videos, all all this stuff. And I try to have all of that kind of together and published and available uh, by Thursday morning. So by Thursday at noon, almost all of my handicapping is done. At least like that I put into the job and out into the world for you guys to consume. Uh, and, and occasionally, that's a net positive, I would say. I, like it, it forces me to really dive in early and be aggressive, uh, get the best numbers earlier in the week before the, the, the lines start to move. So there's a lot of good that comes out of that. But, but occasionally... I start getting to like Thursday night and Friday and just thinking, I think I'm on a lot of bad sides this week. I think I might have, uh, I, I might have messed this one up. And I really had that feeling. Just because I have that feeling doesn't mean I end up being right about that. Sometimes I have that feeling and then I have a great weekend. But I had that feeling last Friday, like I just, a lot of favorites. Seems like some of these might be square sides. Uh... And then uh, that's kind of that's kind of where things went. Uh, not not a great start uh, with the minute we you know I was on Minnesota minus three and a half. They go down thirty three to zero. Obviously they come all the way back. Uh, I I think the highest the live odds got there was like ninety to one. And and in case you were wondering, did people hit that when Minnesota was coming back? Answer yes. BetMGM. It appears. Uh, took quite the financial hit on some of those live numbers. Uh, so uh, I mean, I mean, look, don't cry for the book. I, I think we're uh, we're going to be in business next year. I suspect. Uh, so uh, no big uh, no big deal there. But yeah, n- not a great week uh, for for my picks. And you know, I was just I was I was doing some sort of season long uh, review last week, and, and the official plays were were right around sixty percent. Uh, so a bad week. The the official picks last week uh, went one and four. Obviously, we're still really good. We're still uh, by far net positive. Definitely still at a professional clip. Just a bad week. You have a couple bad weeks every year. I think uh, we had one in like early October, and we have one right here before Christmas. So it is what it is. Uh, rebound from that. We'll get into NFL Week 16 picks that I like in a second. We start, though, with Thursday Night Football. Tonight's football game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. The Jets are one-and-a-half-point favorites. The Jags are very trendy right now, as we know. They were trendy last week. They've been trendy for a couple weeks, and then they beat the Dallas Cowboys, and now they are super trendy. Uh, I don't really love this game because I feel like I'm not confident I have a good feel for either team. I think I have a good feel for the Jags. My read on the Jaguars is that they are still overrated. I really haven't changed my mind that much 
after they beat the Cowboys. I feel like they are way overrated. There are rational explanations for what's going on with them. Trevor Lawrence can be getting better, and this can still be a flawed non-playoff team. That's kind of my read on it. Uh, at one point, the, the Cowboys were up 27-10 to 10 in that game in the third quarter. And yet Jacksonville closed the game on a 30-7 to 7 run, or a, yeah, 30-7 to 7 run, counting the pick six in overtime that ended the game. So this feels to me like a game where Dallas got up, but because of injuries, because of maybe some complacency, and because of the skill set that Jacksonville has, where frankly, they're a little bit better playing from behind than they are playing with a lead. Uh, I think those things sort of conspired together to to create the result we got. But I think Dallas, through the first 40 to 45 minutes, was kind of clearly the better team. Now, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to take the Jags in a virtual pick on the road, short week on the road against the Jets. I don't know, man. I think the Jets could still be pretty decent. I know they have some problems. They have some injury issues of their own. But when I see Jags plus one and a half and three quarters of the tickets are on Jacksonville plus the points on the road short week, as I said, that just screams square spot to me. That's That screams square to me. So if I'm getting involved in this, and I might end up getting involved in this, I, I think I'm going to end up making like a maybe a small play, half a unit or, or maybe a full unit on the game. It's going to be the Jets for me. I will back the favorite in this spot. Jets minus one and a half. One other one for you. Wake Forest, Missouri, Gasparilla Bowl. This is Friday evening. I'll tell you, this is this is handicapped pretty tight. It's, it's Wake Forest minus two right now. It was Wake Forest minus one yesterday. I think the public sees this as sort of a drab, who cares kind of game between a second-rate ACC team and a third-rate SEC team. And so, you know, let's make it pretty close to a pick because who cares and there won't be a lot of volume on this game. This is my favorite bowl game I've seen so far. There's a clear side in this one to me. I have bet Missouri quite a few times this year, and they have not disappointed me. Always as a dog, and I think they've always won outright in those situations. However... This is a spot where Missouri has been absolutely decimated by transfer portal, by injuries, and by opt-outs. Let me give you, let me run you through their list of players who, for one reason or another, are not expected to be into this game. This is per an article on Fantasy Pros, actually, that it kind of keeps an ongoing list of all the players who are not going to appear in all the bowl games. Michael Cox, running back. Dominic Lovett, wide receiver. Chance Looper, wide receiver. Barrett Bannister, wide receiver. EJ Ndoma Ogar, guard. Isaiah McGuire, defensive end. DJ Coleman, defensive end. Kai Montgomery, defensive end. Tyrone Hopper, defensive end. Zach Lovett, linebacker. Xavier Simmons, linebacker. DJ Jackson, cornerback. LJ Hewitt, cornerback. Martez Manuel, safety. Jelani Williams, safety. They are missing massive chunks of their team. I mean, that's like 18 guys. <laughs> that's I, that's like a quarter of their scholarship roster that's not available for this game. I don't know how you bet Missouri in this spot. I, I don't know how you line up 
you you take two points, not like seven points, not ten points. You take two points with a team that is missing a huge chunk, like half of their starting two deep on defense against Sam Hartman. And Wake Forest is missing a couple guys too. But I mean, it's it's that it's a couple of guys. Missouri's absolutely demolished, decimated defensive two deep against Sam Hartman, who it appears from everything we know is going to suit up and play quarterback one last time for Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl. This is easy to me. It's Wake Forest minus two. I don't even have to think about it. And I'm going to be selling points. So after I put a unit or two on Wake Forest, I'm going to go hunting for some alts. Give me Wake Forest, I don't know, minus six at plus 145 or whatever it is. Uh, that That is what I will be in the market for as well because to me, this is a number that you would hang if Wake Forest was playing Missouri in September. Not one for this week given all of the circumstances that we know about. So Wake Forest, easily my favorite bull spot of, this, of the uh, bull season thus far. I mentioned a little bit at the top how last week was not great. And yet, if you're following me on action, the, the ROI has still been pretty good. Uh, and, and that is because of the college basketball parlays that I've been talking about uh, for the last couple of weeks. I just slam these money line parlays, man. And I have a process and the process really, really works. The results are there. So it is funny, you know, to, to track your profits and know that you you were absolute shit for an entire NFL week and you were on the wrong side of almost every game you bet on and yet you're still up 6, 8, 10 units because the college basketball is so reliable. Now why do I bring that up? It's not to brag. It's to make a bit of a uh, a caveat emptor for for right now for this situation. This we should we need a name for this week. We need to call it sandwich week or something. This week of college basketball that we're in right now, it's going to trail, you know, onto the other side of Christmas and really up until New Year's. Be very, very careful doing stuff like the college basketball parlays that I've been hitting, okay? Be very careful with stuff like that. If anything, right now is a great time to bet huge underdogs because where we are in the calendar right now, last week was exam week for most colleges, Christmas and New Year's right around the corner. These kids want to go home. They want to break. And in between those two things, you've got to be, you got to line up and play. Uh, like a, a game I had a side in on Tuesday night, uh, Maryland Eastern Shore won outright as like a, I don't even know, plus 1,500 money line underdog at Temple. Uh, Coppin State beat my alma mater, JMU, on Wednesday. Uh, there were a couple more Monday night that I saw that, uh, I, I mean, it's just, it's total money line carnage right now. So be very careful. Uh, I, for sure, am scaling back the money line stuff until we get on the other side of the calendar into 2023. So just wanted to make a little note there on that. Let's talk NFL Week 16 before we get out of here. Uh, not going to do a very long episode today. It is the holidays. Uh, there's some stuff going on that I'm, I'm sure I'll talk about uh, here in a couple of weeks, I just I'm, I'm waiting on something, and I uh, can't really talk about it at this point. But I promise to let you guys know what's going on soon. Saints Browns is a good place to start. This is a weird number, and I'm not talking about the spread. I'm talking about the total. 
because of the weather, because of the temperature, because of the offenses involved in this game, this number is down to a just hellish 32.5. It was actually 32 on Tuesday. I have talked at length before about why I like unders on low totals. Uh, I don't see any reason to change my opinion on this game. If I'm betting it, I would bet the under. Just a little note that I wanted to share that I I saw uh, that's been circulated a little bit this week. This number, it seemed for for a a bit on Tuesday, had a real chance to go to 31.5. I think I saw it at 32 with juice. So it really seemed like it might go to 31.5. If this game were to close at 31.5, it would be the lowest total in the NFL since 2008. That was a Bengals-Browns game. So again, the Browns were involved in that game as well. And the final score was 14-0. So again, low totals imply their own right side. Because most people do not have the stones to bet an under on a number this low. They will only bet the over. But the books know this. If they're hanging a number this low, there's a reason why. So they imply their own side. The under is the side that I would want here, even in a number this low. I would think about under 32.5 with the Browns and the Saints. Might be an official play in the column on Thursday. Make sure you check that out over on the Roar. See if it uh, actually ended up making it in. Detroit, Carolina, I think is another interesting spot for this week. Detroit right now, a juiced two and a half. The line hasn't gone to three yet. I do think it could uh, by the time this game is played on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I think it could possibly even go to three and a half. There are a lot of professional bettors that like Carolina in this spot. And I understand it's Jared Goff and the weather. And I understand that Detroit is going to be due for a flat spot at some point. Lots of people liked it to happen last week against the Jets. Maybe if they had more competent quarterback play or a healthier quarterback play or whatever, uh, maybe the Jets could have pulled it off, but it didn't, didn't get done. I wonder if... This is a bad spot for Carolina because I I think stylistically, this isn't the sort of game that Carolina could win. Carolina won in Seattle because Seattle's got a soft defense and they go up there and they run the ball and they keep the ball away from Seattle uh, and they just, they line up and play big time jumbo, super jumbo personnel and Seattle can't do anything to get them off the field. I think that's what Detroit can do. I think Detroit can play keep away with their offense against almost anybody. I think Detroit can score points and big points on almost anybody. This strikes me as a game that can turn into a shootout. And I don't know that that's the sort of game that Carolina can win. A game where Detroit can do all sorts of different things on offense, can possess the ball, can play time of possession, but will also finish drives and go for it on fourth down. And because of high leverage moments, end up scoring 25, 28, 31, 35 points. I don't think that's the sort of game that Carolina is going to win. They, they win, you know, 14 to 10 or 20 to 17. They, they don't win, you know, games that go over very often. So... I think it seems a little square, and that's why I'm hesitating to say definitively, yes, I'm going to be on Detroit. 
I don't really want to keep betting Detroit, even though they've been really profitable for me, but just the way this game is going to be played, it feels to me like it is a huge advantage to Detroit. And to get them at two and a half is a pretty nice number. So just something to think about there. Seattle plus 10 at Kansas City. I think uh, it's probably down to nine and a half almost everywhere at this point. And so you have to ask yourself, is the 10 going to mean that much to you? Uh, it is actually back to 10 at BetMGM, so there is that. But if you're seeing a 9.5, I would consider buying it, uh, buying the half point and get it back to 10. Look, this is a way better spot to have Seattle. Kansas City struggles to cover these big numbers, as we saw last week uh, against the Houston Texans. They are 2-4 and four against the spread at home. They are 4-8 and eight against the spread as a favorite this season. I just think on principle, Seattle is way better at this point as a dog. They are in free fall, which makes me sad for my guy Gino. But from a handicapping perspective, would be much better to have Seattle plus some points than laying points uh, or or only catching a couple of points as they have been throughout much of the last couple of months. So Seattle plus 10 feels like a good play to me. Tennessee and Houston hard pass. I don't want anything to do with this game. Uh, if I had to bet it at this point, I would bet the Titans. This game opened at three and a half. It's now, I'm sorry, this game opened at eight and a half. Tennessee by eight and a half. It's now down to three. You want to talk about buyback, buy low, all that stuff. I mean, I, this seems like classic. We're giving a team too much credit for losing close to teams that are way better than it. Uh, just because you cover a 17 and a 14 doesn't mean you're now going to go on the road as a one-win team and win or be very, very, very close to beating a team that's dominated your division, the AFC South, for much of the last few years. So this, if anything, is going to be a buy-low spot for me on Tennessee. If this goes to 2.5, I feel like I'm going to have to do it uh, with Tennessee. So that's where I'm at with that game. New England three and a half. I don't have an argument for this. I just feel like after they got embarrassed under the laughing stock of the NFL world, it feels to me like New England plus three and a half against Cincinnati. It just feels right. It just feels like the right side to me. I can't explain it. I can't articulate it. I don't blame you if you don't want to get in front of the Cincinnati freight train right now. But the this Pats team as just bleh as they have been only being plus three and a half at home against this Bengals team when you would think, wow, shouldn't that team be like plus six against the Bengals, plus nine against the Bengals? Where do they have the offense to keep up with that team? The number is noticeably low, and Cincinnati has real health concerns right now. They were getting blasted by Tampa last week before Tampa shit the bed. Uh, So I, I don't know that I'm definitely getting involved here, but it would be Patriots or pass for me. Do not just keep jumping on this Bengals train. Uh, I, it's It feels a little lionsy to me at this point. Like, I'm looking for the spot to go against them. I think this is that spot. One of my favorite plays, a couple of my favorite plays here uh, to close out the week. Miami is minus three and a half against Green Bay. And I think it's hilarious. Uh, so Miami's uh, actually minus four now. I just checked and the number's been updated since I took these notes. Miami now minus four against Green Bay. I think it's interesting that Green Bay is only plus four in this spot. Um, This is the same Green Bay team that was one and seven straight up in October and November. 
They beat the Bears and the Rams, and now all of a sudden they're supposed to go to Miami, a pretty good team with a very powerful offense that's expected to be you know, a real second-level contender in the AFC playoffs. Green Bay is going to go there to Miami and all of a sudden be competitive within four points. Seems a bit sketchy to me. Plurality of tickets are on Green Bay here. Again, seems a bit sketchy to me. And Miami is a nice buy located in this spot uh, because they go out to California. They have to play San Francisco. They have to play the Chargers. And then they've got to come back to the East Coast and then go up to Buffalo in December, a place where they rarely win at. Um, People make a big deal out of the weather. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. But that's pretty much the hardest three-game slate that they're going to have for their entire 2022 schedule This is not a buy-low point for the Dolphins. This is the buy-low point for the Dolphins. This is the best possible spot. This is the lowest morale has been on the Dolphins all season. I will take the Dolphins minus four against the Packers. I feel that this is a great buy-low, sell-high dynamic, uh, and this is one of my favorite bets of the week. The other one that I really like here at the end, and this is a game that I don't think is going to get bet very much. This is the night game on Christmas Day, Sunday night, 8-20, Tampa Bay at Arizona. And Tampa is, they were 6.5 when I took these notes. Tampa's now 7.5 in Arizona. So I have to ask, why on earth is this, I mean, this same question I've asked, at other points this year, still applies. Why on earth am I supposed to lay seven and a half points with Tampa Bay? And I get it. Arizona's not very good. Okay, they are they are on house cleaning alert. Like th- this this organization is it, you can't you can see blow up from here. You can see the GM or maybe even the owner coming in and saying we're starting over. It's we're close, so I get it. Not a good team, backup quarterback, guys are hurt, morale is low, but Tampa is a shit show right now, and I'm supposed to lay seven and a half points with them on the road, beat up as they are. No, thank you. Give me seven and a half with the Cardinals. I think they can win outright. I know that sounds crazy, but I just this is not a bet on Arizona. This is a bet against Tampa. Market has swung too far on a team that isn't even winning games right now. So, I mean, it's just kind of crazy to me that this number is where it is. Uh, Arizona 7.5 is definitely a play this week. Miami minus 4, definitely a play this week. Uh, I will consider making a bet on Eagles-Cowboys, but I I can't really tell you anything right now because I don't know know what that game's going to look like. I need to know more information, and so uh, maybe watch social media. I, I might have a late weekend handicap out for that on Saturday day of before the game kicks off. I know a lot of sharp friends of mine like Washington plus the seven in San Francisco. I'm going to hold off on that for now. I just thought I'd mentioned it. Uh, And then we've got leans on the Pats plus the three and a half and Detroit minus the two and a half. Might think about Minnesota minus four, but that didn't exactly help me uh, last week. Seattle plus the 10 is a lean as well under 32 and a half in Saints Browns. And thinking about buying low on the Titans if that game goes to two and a half. Check in with the column on the Roar Thursday around noon 
or just watch my Twitter feed. I'll get that column out. BetMGM always uh, does a good job tweeting my stuff out as well because we've got a great social team that gives us support. So check any or all of those places for the official written column plays, but that's uh, that's just sort of a walkthrough where my thoughts are at right now. Hopefully that's helpful to you when you're putting together your plays for this weekend. And that's going to be it for the Just Before Christmas edition of the Lion's Edge. Got a cool plan for next week. Uh, look, we don't we don't take days off in the handicapping business over here at the Lion's Edge. So there will be a Week 17 episode that comes out next week, regularly scheduled. Uh, looking at next Thursday, I'll walk through Week 17 NFL. Also do like a little handicap for the college football playoff semifinal games where I'm at with those teams and those numbers in the days and hours before those games get played. And then also something extra next week, separate episode, probably out on Monday. Look for that. I think that should be really good as well. Um, That's what to look forward to. Uh, Thanks for listening to Lion's Edge. If you have two minutes, it would really help me out if you uh, left the podcast a rating review. Share it with a friend. Uh, Share it with a a friend of yours or a coworker of yours uh, that that likes good handicapping content, maybe wants to learn a little bit more about how to gamble uh, correctly, uh, smartly, good ROI, good economic principles, that sort of thing, Uh, uh, everything that we do here on the Lion's Edge, of course, Uh, and help us grow the show and help more people have the tools to make money off of the sports book, which is what we do here. Thanks for listening to Lion's Edge. We'll see you next week. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday season. And uh, we'll see you a couple more times before the new year. Take it easy.